Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I am Jennifer and this is episode 122. (laughs) And this is take two of recording this podcast. I got, I don't know, 10 minutes into recording and realized that I had not plugged my headset in. <laughs> I feel like I've done this before. I, I I have. I'm pretty sure I've done this before. It's been a while. I'm sure I'll do it again <laughs> some point in the future. But I, I tried to listen to it to see if it was salvageable and it, it was not. It sounded like I was in the bottom of a tin can. <laughs> I'm not. I, I am back in the recording closet and back after taking a week off for my birthday, which the birthday went well. It was a good day. It was a good weekend. I I had, I love my birthday. So, you know, you guys know, um, my philosophy on that is I don't care if I'm getting older because, uh, you know, old age is not afforded to everyone. So I take each birthday as a blessing. So what did I do? Well, on my actual birthday, I actually did something pretty special. I, a few weeks ago, you guys might notice I'm, <laughs> I've been referencing my favorite murder a lot lately. I don't know why. It, it just seems like they keep saying things that are, are resonating with me. But a few, maybe a month ago or so, maybe a little longer, on one of their mini-sodes, Someone had wrote in and told the story of having been at a secondhand store on their birthday and they found an envelope that had a little bit of cash in it and a note saying, today is my birthday and this is how I want to celebrate. And they talked about, you know, how special it was to find it. And I thought, as soon as I heard that, I thought, that's what I want to do on my birthday. And I was so excited. But, you know, then I thought, oh, can I afford to do that? (laughs) I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, you know, uh, money's tight for everyone. And you want to put not a whole lot of money in envelopes, but enough so that somebody finds it, they can actually do something with it, you know, so more than a dollar, less than a (laughs) 100, something like that. And I was kind of, as my birthday was getting closer, I kept thinking about it, really thinking, this is what I want to do, but am I going to be able to... And then on my birthday, my mom, my very sweet mom, was very generous with her birthday gift to me. And I knew that I could take half of that gift and do what I wanted to do. And that's that's exactly what I did. I took the money out of the bank and um, had some blank cards here and some envelopes and wrote a little note, stuck a little bit of cash inside the envelopes. And I went to a a Goodwill down here that my boyfriend and I, my ex-boyfriend and I used to go to when money was a little tight and we needed something. Um, we love this Goodwill because the people are very, very nice. And it's it's one of those ones that is particularly organized and clean and you don't feel like bad or shame, you know, at this Goodwill. It's, it's, it's set up like a regular store. Um, and I always appreciated that. So I went there. 
And I walked up to the girl at the counter and I asked her, told her what I wanted to do. And I asked her if it was okay. And she was fully on board and very excited. And I kind of just walked around and I stuck the envelopes and clothes and purses and, you know, dresses, pockets, stuff like that. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of money. Uh, A couple of envelopes had $20, a couple had 10. Um, And I wrote a note that essentially said something similar to the My Favorite Murder episode where I said, today is my birthday and this is how I want to celebrate it. And if you found it, it was meant for you. And I hope you take it and get yourself a treat. You know, I mean, you can't get yourself a whole lot for $10. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe you can get a couple of coffees, right? But even in small amounts, found money is always nice, right? And I and I kept thinking about that too when I wanted to do this because there have been, I can't tell you how many times I have found money. Sometimes when I was really, really in need of it and sometimes it just, I just happened upon it. And so I felt this was a good time to give back and it felt really good. And it was my favorite thing I have done in a long time. And I'm I'm glad that I got to celebrate my birthday in that way. I'm really glad that I heard the episode and got the idea. And uh, I hope that whoever finds or found the envelopes, that it brightened their day too. (laughs) And then the rest of my birthday was kind of spent, you know, just on the phone and getting texts and answering messages. And and that's so nice. that anyone would take time out of their day to not only remember my birthday, but to send me uh, a message. It's very, very thoughtful, very much appreciated. Um, This reminds you, you know, or it should remind me um, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling lonely, I, I am surrounded by so much love always. Then on Friday, I started the day, of course, by going to the beach and uh, took a nice long walk on a very quiet beach. And it was a lovely morning. And uh, then I came home and showered, changed, got ready, went and did some shopping. You know, all the favorites, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross, Ulta, of course, because I had to get my birthday gift. And... Um, and so that was pretty much it for Friday. And then the weekend, as I told you, I got that Stop a Murder book. And uh, and that's what I did all weekend. And it, I really, I enjoyed it, but it's time consuming. So if, if you, if this is something you might be thinking about, just know you're going to have to set aside some time to really get through it. I, of course, you can break it up, you know, but I wanted to do like a complete chapter so I have finished chapters one and two, the how and the where. Um, each took me about a day to do, or at least, you know, the better part of a day. The puzzles are basically like math logic word puzzles, which was not my strong suit in school. So someone else might be able to get through it quicker than than I did, Um But you remember that I told you that there was a book six that had all the answers. You actually don't need it because there is a corresponding website. So 
once you think you've solved the puzzle, you go to the website, you put your answer in. If it's correct, then you get to the move to the next puzzle. And if not, you kind of get stuck there. And there are hints, um, both in the book and on the website, which have helped me in a lot of them, um, at least if at least to kind of more um, turn me in the direction of the way I should be thinking. Each chapter has 12 puzzles. And then at the end of each, there's like a big puzzle. And if you solve that, then you get the answer. So like I said, I've got the how and I've got the where. I like it. I do. I am enjoying it. It is time consuming. That's the only negative. So if I if I can't set aside like an afternoon, then I can't work on it. But um, it's not so hard that I want to quit, which is good. But it's hard enough to weirdly make me feel like I've like accomplished something <laughs> if I get the answer correct, which, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll take the small wins wherever I can get them. So, OK, oh, hold on. I need to change positions. Oh, please excuse the old lady groan. Oh, my legs are so sore. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but there was... There's no way to get past the old lady groan. Oh, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to follow up on the episode from a few weeks ago where I talked about dealing with menopause. So from everything I've read, the recommendations are pretty much the same. Uh, high protein diet, you know, for, for energy to, to help feed your muscles, to help with the bloat, you know, lots of water so that you stay hydrated. It helps your skin feel less itchy, you know, getting plenty of rest. I'm working on it. And then, of course, exercise. <laughs> and I've been doing those things or trying to do those things for a while. I, you know, I mean, I would say, oh, I don't know, somewhere going on about two months or so. I switched to a high protein diet a, a few months back. And I've been really good with water for at least a year. Um, and I did get some supplements to help with the sleep issues. And I got some probiotics and some prebiotics to help with the gut stuff. The The sleep supplements, I don't take them every night. But when I'm having one of those nights where I know I'm looking at the clock and I know I need to go to sleep and my body just is wide awake, I will take them and they do seem to help. And I mean, it could be completely psychosomatic, but I don't care. I will take it. If it works, it works. And I have struggled to keep up with like a regular exercise routine. I do use the treadmill, but it gets so boring, which brings me <laughs> to why my legs are so sore. So I was looking through Pinterest the other day and I came across a workout that I used to do. And I was like, oh, I, I liked that workout. I should start doing that again. So <laughs> what it is, it's a wall Pilates routine, basically. Uh, it takes about 20 minutes. And I tried to do it again the other day. It was so hard. <laughs> so hard. Now, much harder than I remembered. And I was thinking like, oh my God, how did I ever do this routine until it hit me? When I used to do it was 
11 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, my body's changed a bit in the last 11 years. But I got through it. But man, my legs are so sore. Like, I, it is not as not as bad as the time I did one of those um, boot camp workouts where I legit thought I was going to die. That was the hardest thing I have ever done. It was one of those, um, I'm sure you've seen them all over Facebook. It was one of those promotions where you attend the first class for free. And then if you like it, you know, you sign up for the course. I am not kidding. I literally... <laughs> I thought I was going to die when that class was over. Never in my life had I sweat as much as I did at that class. It was so bad. <laughs> I can remember. I can remember. And my ex-boyfriend's time was, he, he was just laughing at me. He was in much better shape than me. He attended the class with me. And yes, he was sore, but not like I was, where I felt like my I was broken. We got home from the class and all I wanted to do was wash my hands because, you know, we'd been touching like the mats and the equipment and I, bleh, it was all gross. And I kept, just kept thinking of like the layers of sweat that my hands had been in, mostly my sweat that my hands had touched. And so I went over to the kitchen sink and I was so weak and so sore. <laughs> I had, I couldn't lift my arms to get the soap out of the dispenser, I had to take my left hand, lift my arm up onto the soap dispenser, then put my left hand over my right, press it into the sink, and then like scoop the soap out of the sink just to wash my hands. And that was not even as bad as what was to come in the like week that followed that class. That was the most pain I have ever been in. It was ridiculous. Needless to say, I did not sign up for that course. Are you, I guess, are you following the Gwyneth Paltrow court case? I, I just sort of picked up on this kind of at the end of last week. I saw her testimony last week. I watched his testimony today. Um, this is the skiing accident that happened in 2016 in Utah as an older gentleman by the name of Terry Sanderson. He is suing her for $3 million, saying that she collided into him and caused him some pretty serious uh, injuries, long-term things like a traumatic brain injury. And she, of course, is saying, no, he sk skied into me. He caused the accident. So, like I said, I listened to her testimony on Friday. She's believable. She's just not very likable. I, I don't know what it is about her, but something just every time I see her in an interview or whatever, she just seems so out of touch with like the average person's reality, right? It, it, like no matter what she does and no matter how hard she tries, she's just never going to be relatable. We don't live her life. It kind of reminds me sort of like Reese Witherspoon, who also tries very hard to be relatable. I, I like she can make as many Instagram posts as she likes where she's like trying to portray herself as, you know, just another one of the girls. But for me, 
I am sorry, but I am never going to forget her Zsa Zsa Gabor moment back in 2013 when she was arrested for disorderly conduct. Do you guys remember this? When she was a passenger in the car and her husband was pulled over, he was suspected of drunk driving. And she kept getting out of the car and like confronting the trooper to say things like, do you know who I am? Do you know my name? Well, you're about to. You're about to find out who I am. Well, she ended up getting herself arrested for it. So... (laughs) I don't know. I just like the whole thing, the the Gwyneth thing, she seemed believable. I did believe her on with her testimony, but then he testified today and now I'm not sure. And another thing too, there were a lot of people on the slopes that day. They, neither party could find one eyewitness who actually saw the collision. A lot of people saw before, a lot of people saw after. No one saw the actual collision, which I find really hard to believe. I don't know. Well, we'll just have to see how that turns out. He's suing her for $3 million. She is suing him for $1 and the cost of lawyer's fees. So we'll see. TV podcast recommendations. I am listened to the third season of Chameleon, the Wild Boys one. I loved it. It was not at all what I thought it was going to be. Um, thought it was going to be kind of a big con story. Turned out to be a little bit more involved and more sad than I thought. But it is very, very good. Also, I am watching season two of Perry Mason. I love that series that is on HBO Max. I loved season one. Season two, I'm three episodes in. So far, so good. And my new favorite show, on the recommendation of Sister Number Two, I watched Daisy Jones and the Six on Prime. It is good. It is really, really good. It's based on a novel by the same name, and it's pretty obviously a fictional retelling of the history of Fleetwood Mac, but not in a bad way, you know, more like in an homage. It stars uh, Riley Keough as as Daisy. Uh, Riley has a very famous grandfather, and you can see it as soon as she smiles. And it is why I wasn't surprised to hear she does her own singing in the series because her grandfather was Elvis and her mom was Lisa Marie Presley. The other lead, Billy, is played by Sam uh, Claffin and he also does his own singing in this. It is good. It is full of good music, good fashion, like 70s dream stuff. You know, it's it's done well. It's a good story. I loved the ending. So if you're looking for something that's uh, feel good, I guess, um, that's an odd way to put it. If you watch it, you'll know what I mean. I think you'll like it. All right. Now that you're all caught up, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So I told you guys earlier, as part of my birthday celebration, I went to my favorite beach. And I love this beach because I can go there really early. I think it opens at 7 a.m. to the public. And there is never more than like 10 or maybe 20 people at the most there at that time. Most of them are searching for shark's teeth. I would not know shark's teeth from pebbles but teach their own. So usually when I get there, I just, you know, put my stuff down on the beach and then 
put in my headphones and just start walking the shoreline. And I don't really have any like specific time or, you know, steps or, you know, whatever that I'm looking to do. I just walk until I feel like turning around. You know, usually it's kind of based on the weather, but this day was beautiful. And so the weather was not a factor. And I was walking and I was listening to my music and I'm just kind of grooving down the shoreline. And I must have walked further than I usually do because all of a sudden I looked up and I saw something that I had never noticed before way off in the distance. It was a lighthouse. And I just sort of stopped because I wasn't even sure I was seeing what I thought I was seeing because I had never noticed it before. And I just was looking at it and I was thinking, wow, that's so cool. It almost appeared out of nowhere. Like, And I told you, this is my favorite beach. So I'm here several times a year. I don't know how I've never noticed it. I love lighthouses. I mean, doesn't everyone? Or I should say, I love the idea of a lighthouse and what I think it represents. You know, a, a safe haven, a guide. It's hope and security. And I realized that this was the first time I had seen an actual lighthouse in person. And I wondered why seeing it felt so impactful. I always imagined that lighthouses only existed in the United States in the New England area, era, you know, area, you know, like it's a place I've never been to. So like some of my reaction to seeing it was just kind of like surprise and wonder. As I was walking back, I kept thinking about it and wondering if it was still active. It isn't. I Googled it when I got home, you know, but who had lived there? Had someone ever lived there? After my walk, I left the beach and I did, you know, some shopping, but throughout the day, I kept thinking about it. Something about that lighthouse felt significant, as if I was meant to see it on that day. It felt as if there was a meaning or a message in it for me, but it was just out of reach. So when that happens, I just try and surrender, you know, and I, I figure that if it's important, it will come. God will show me. The next day, literally the next day, I was scrolling Instagram reels, as you do, and I came across a woman talking about making space for people. Mostly what she was saying was that when someone in your life is hurting or going through a tough time, that you make space for them to feel what they're feeling without judgment, and more importantly, without swooping in to try and solve their problem for them. And she said that if someone comes to you and says, I'm sad, you, you just let them feel sad for a while. That what you shouldn't try to do is cheer them up. Just allow them to feel what they're feeling. She ended her message by saying, be a lighthouse. Well, that stopped me in my tracks. That couldn't be a coincidence, mostly because I don't believe in coincidences. So I thought I should probably do a deeper dive on this whole lighthouse business. Not really knowing where to start, I found out quickly that just Googling lighthouses didn't help at all. I found all kinds of stuff on literal lighthouses, but also on the symbolism of them. 
There are lighthouses in literature either portrayed romantically as symbols of strength or they can be symbols of danger, isolation and loneliness. And while all this was fascinating, I knew I wasn't it wasn't quite what I was looking for. Then I came across an article on Psychology Today called Guiding Yourself and Others. The article said that along with providing guidance for safe passage, a key function to lighthouses is to increase the sailor's level of awareness about themselves and their surroundings to ensure that they proceed safely through potentially unknown and rough waters. The article asked, what guides you and gives you a beacon of hope along your path and to meaning? And what or who serves as a lighthouse in your life? For me, those answers are easy. The answer to both are my family, my friends. As I mentioned earlier, I am aware I am very lucky. I am surrounded by people who genuinely care about me and my well-being. At any point in my life, when I'm going through something hard, I can and have turned to one or all of them to help me through to give me encouragement and guidance. Sometimes I don't even have to reach out. Just knowing that they are there is enough. Now, at this point in my life, and because I know how fortunate I am, I think it's time for me to be the lighthouse. A while back, I was talking with someone about Alcoholics Anonymous. At that time, I had very little knowledge about the program other than it's for alcoholics and Membership is anonymous. As they were explaining to me the principles of the program, I got this image in my head that has always stuck with me. It was one of people on a ladder, each person reaching up to be helped to the next rung, while also reaching back to help the person coming up behind them. And I loved that idea, not just for AA, but just just for life in general. For me, that's kind of the the core of the human experience, to ask for help when you need it and give help when you can. I've talked about how I believe in God and the importance my faith plays in my life. But if I'm going to be really honest, I don't know if heaven exists. I certainly hope it does. But if when I die, that's all there is, I still want to die knowing I did the best I could while I was here to be the kind of person that would make it to heaven if it exists. And part of that, I think, is to help others get there too. At any point in our lives, we can either be or need a lighthouse. Another article I found, this one on medium.com, puts it perfectly by saying, When we are lost at sea and losing hope, it is the lighthouse in our life that brings us home. And when we see another in need of our support, care, or guidance, we can shine a light and we can help guide them back home too. When I had Gracie, my dog Gracie, I've been thinking about her a lot lately. (laughs) When I had her, there were many times, especially when she got older, where I would be walking her late at night so that she could do her business in the dark. If you're a pet owner, you can relate to what I'm about to say. A few of those times, 
on those late night excursions, walking around in the dark, there would be a moment when you blindly take a step and you know immediately you've just stepped in poop. Is there a worse feeling? You have a moment where you try to rationalize, where you hope against all hope that it's maybe, please God, it's just mud. In that moment, the only thing you know for certain is that you can't just do nothing. You have options, but what are they? Walk back home without a shoe? Try your best to get as much off as you can. Then once you get back home, either wash the shoe or throw it away. We all have that moment, either literally or metaphorically, when we're walking around in the dark and suddenly we take one wrong step and know without a doubt we have really stepped in it this time. We make hundreds of decisions each day, and at the center of each decision is our reason for making a specific choice. It doesn't matter what the reason is, or even if we're aware of the reason at the time. And sometimes our choices don't always turn out the way we hoped they would. Sometimes, while we're stumbling around in the dark, we step in dog poop. And in these times, life can feel bleak. We might feel lost or alone, but we know we can't stay there. So we have to look for the lighthouses in our lives, the people, the things that ease our despair and give us hope when things feel pretty hopeless. There's a fairly well-known picture of a lighthouse. Its title is in French, which I will not attempt, but the loose English translation is Lighthouse in a Storm. It's a picture of a lighthouse keeper by the name of Theodore standing in the doorway on top of a lighthouse as it appears to be uh, surrounded by a pretty severe storm. I found an article about the history of the picture and it said in the picture, the lighthouse keeper looks as if he's taking a breath of fresh air, but in reality, he's frightened and he's waiting for rescuers to come and remove him and his co-workers from the dangerous storm. It it was a life-threatening situation. The night before the picture was taken, waves had smashed through the lower windows of the lighthouse, washing away everything, the TV, the chairs, tables, even the coffee maker, even the refrigerator was gone. When Theodore thinks he hears the sound of a helicopter, he opens the door and steps out, so he can look up to to let them know, hey, there's people here, because he thinks finally someone is coming to rescue them. But he realizes just in time that he is surrounded by some pretty dramatic waves. The picture is snapped just as he is going back into the safety of the lighthouse. So, Theodore kind of steps out the door, looks out, somebody snaps a picture, and he quickly realizes and kind of lunges back inside and slams the door shut before those humongous waves engulf the lighthouse. He survived that storm, as did his co-workers, and that lighthouse is still standing. I love that. I love the whole idea of that. Theodore had no idea what he was about to face when he stuck his head outside that door, but the lighthouse knew, and it protected him from the storm. Just as important as being a lighthouse for others is being a lighthouse for yourself. 
to stand strong when the storms come. Another quote I found, this one was from Anne Lamont. It says, lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. One of my favorite characteristics of a lighthouse is that it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't just shine its beacon for some boats, but for any boat that may have lost its way. Wherever you are in life, you can always be a lighthouse for someone. Because the reality is that life is hard. And there's always going to be someone who's doing better than you and someone doing worse. We're all works in progress. But I can promise you this. No matter where you are in life, if you take a moment to see how far you've come, how you stood strong, and then you shine your light, no matter how bright, someone is going to see it and it will guide them through their storm. Kind of as a side note, I knew this lighthouse was significant. I knew I wanted to talk about it in this episode. But even since writing it, even since seeing it, I cannot tell you how many references, quotes, things I've randomly seen on the internet. I think even in one of the episodes of of Daisy Jones and the Six, Someone said something about being a light in someone else's life. And I just hope if there's anyone listening and you get anything from this, it is always my hope that someone can take something from what I'm saying in these episodes, that it resonates with you. And just always know that if that happens, that's not me. That's a divine message sent directly for you. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming back for episode 122. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, my so-called Midlife Podcast. And while you're there, you might as well just go over and like the Facebook page, my so-called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram, if that's your preferred media platform. I am JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. You know why. If you have questions or topic suggestions, email me at my so-called Midlife Podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks for coming back. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks, as always, for listening. Until next time, love you. Bye. (music) 